You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Well, thanks for joining our pod. <laughs> Certainly appreciate you uh, downloading and listening. And if you're on YouTube, as we always say, you like and subscribe, right? Because you do. That's what you do. And you don't miss an episode, and uh, hopefully it helps us, uh, even though we're not a video podcast as of yet. We, we may get there. We're looking at that really seriously, but uh, we're still on YouTube. I know. It's kind of boring not to have a video, just the thing. But you can listen. You can do other things, you know? Like I listen to a ball game while I'm cleaning my garage or washing my car. You listen to the bike house while you're taking a walk, you know, or working out. So there you go. What do you think, Michelle? Should, I have, should it be video? You know what? I think... If you did both, if you then did them both, you yeah. could listen while you wash your car, or you can watch while you're laying in bed. Well, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So you know, Sean Casey was here from uh, South Africa, who we met through doing this podcast, and Sean had some really good ideas. So he said he's going to help me set it up. So we'll see. You know, it'd be cool. You could play a game. Yeah, where you listen first, then you watch the podcast and see if the people looked like you imagined them. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, I, you know, and I came from the radio industry where, like, um, I was always disappointed when I met my radio, <laughs> my radio idols face to face. Yeah. By the way, speaking of idols, I want to introduce you to our guest this week. It's Michelle Canning. Hi, hey, Michelle. everybody. Hey, Dave. Michelle's an amazing uh, musician songwriter. Let me just tell you a little bit about Michelle, okay? Uh, she's a member of the Recording Academy, and if you're not familiar, they're the ones I hand the Grammys, right? Yes, sir. So. And um, so, yeah, you, you're there. That's that's amazing. I want to talk about that. Uh, also, the International Bluegrass Music Association, the IBMA, as they say. Yeah. And you're on the songwriter committee there? I sure am. That's incredible. We need to talk about that. A graduate of Moorhead State University uh, in, in traditional music, but also you've got a master's in business, which, which I think is so important because music is a business, right? It really is. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, charted number one uh, on the bluegrass charts. For 11 Miles, uh, album, the next 11 Miles album. Yes, that came that, out in 2018. So it's it's been a minute. Been a minute, but you you produced, right? I did produce that album. We'll talk about that. And uh, th- this I just found uh, really fascinating. Michelle is the youngest person and the only female ever to earn the title of New England Banjo Champion. And that was back in 2009? It was. Yeah, it was way back in the day. I was... Wow. Uh, How I old was, were you? I was going into my sophomore year of high school. A matter of fact... In high school, you won this. It was the day before my 15th birthday. No kidding. Mm-hmm. 
Banjo. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up on banjo. That was my number one instrument. That was the first instrument I ever learned to play, the first instrument I ever fell in love with. Wow. Wow. And you're from originally where? Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Yep. Northeastern Massachusetts, just north of Boston. North of Boston. Mm -hmm. Let me ask, was traditional music uh, uh, big in that area? It really is. It's the kind of thing where you have to look for it, but Uh once you find it, you can't get away from it. I got you. So really, bluegrass music is extremely popular in the Boston area. I did not um, know Especially like in the city, you know, like in, in uh, an area called Cambridge, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different venues that host bluegrass music. Really? Um, and we even have the Boston Bluegrass Union that mm. has put on big bluegrass festivals and jam sessions and programs for kids. I grew up in their kids' academy. Did you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So oh. it's, it's everywhere. You just got to look for it. Now, were mom and dad into uh, traditional music too or um, all kinds of music? Or? I kind of dragged them in kicking and you screaming. Them in. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I fell in love with it because of my grandfather. He loved bluegrass really? music. Okay. And uh, when I started learning to play, of course, mom and dad were coming to see me perform and so mm-hmm. next thing you know you know they started out like not so sure that they liked bluegrass <laughs> and then the next thing you know their toes are tapping and the next thing yeah. you know they're singing along and the next thing you know they know every song yeah <laughs> and uh, and then the next thing you know my dad buys a martin so he can play with me oh did he really <laughs> he did he was yeah. a guitar player but he always played electric guitar oh did he okay. and and you know rock rock and roll he loved the rolling stones and whatnot oh, okay. and and after a while he got really into bluegrass and bought a martin just so he could play with me oh that's so cool wonderful you play the banjo you play the martin huh? yeah mm-hmm. that's, cool. that's how we did it now you don't just play man banjo you, you play a bunch of different instruments don't you i do so i, I consider banjo my number one but i also mm-hmm. play guitar i play upright bass electric bass and then i fiddle around on some other things steel guitar and uh mandolin and yeah whatnot now i've seen uh michelle she does a lot of writers rounds in and around nashville you'll see her perform and i love when you bring your banjo out yeah and a lot of people they go oh yeah play banjo. <laughs> it's fun to bring the banjo out because everybody's up there with the guitar and it's just yeah. something different different to you know kind of break up break up the sounds a little bit yep and then you pop up there and you start uh, jamming along it's, <laughs> it's always a treat it really is a lot of fun thank you when did you get into songwriting oh let's see the first song i can remember writing that was a real song not mm-hmm. you know, a little kid made up song yeah um i was in probably the fifth grade yeah. And I was so proud of it. And I Why did back you start on it so late? A, I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just, I guess I'm just a slacker, Dave. Uh, yeah. Late in life, you know. Fifth grade. But so, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's funny. I look back at you. Know, it, it sounds like a song that a fifth grader would write. But I was so proud of it. Uh-huh. And my, uh, my music teacher would let me at recess. I was the only kid who wanted to skip recess. Really? At, at recess, he would bring me into the music room. And he would set up a little record, and he helped me make a little demo of my song. Uh-huh. And I thought that was the coolest thing, that I had a recording of my song. And so there were some days I skipped lunch so I could work on that. And I don't, I don't think he knew I was skipping lunch. I think he thought I was just at <laughs> recess. But but anyways, yeah, I'd Your come home. demo in the fifth grade. That's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love that. So, yeah. And then it just kind of took off from there, and then... In college, we had a songwriting course, and I was first to sign up when they announced it. They started it my sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, and when they announced that they were going to have a new songwriting course, I was first to sign up. I wanted in. I am so there, right? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have been too. Yep. I and and what was that great about that was mm-hmm. prior to that, I just wrote a song when I felt it, when it, when it was just like, oh, that'd be a good song. I'm going to write it. Well, songwriting class forced me to write a song a week. Wow. And that was a lot to me. Yeah. 
now I look back and that seems like hardly anything. I write a song a day now, at least. Yeah, I was going to say, you're in that, that Bill O'Hanlon uh, uh, kind of group that, that writes two, 300 songs a, a year. Right? I'm not quite as far as Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my goal for this year is 100. I try yeah. to make a goal every year just yeah. to you know keep myself fresh. And uh, my goal, uh, last the last couple of years have been 100 and I've succeeded it, exceeded it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year I awesome. kind of am keeping on the same track of just 100 or more. Is, that's my minimum. Yeah, you know, that's 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 twice a week. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's two, you know, mm-hmm. It's two, weeks, two, two a week. Uh, right. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, Bill O'Hanlon, if you don't know, he was, I believe, he was the second guest we ever had on this podcast. Oh, wow. So like uh, episode number two. Um, very prolific songwriter, also book writer. Uh, 45 books he's got out there right now. One landed him on the Oprah show mm-hmm. and he's in Nashville a lot. And I told him next time you come into town, you're going to do this podcast again. Yeah. But he has his mind. He mom. wants his first major cut, you know? Oh yeah. And he's only had 98 at this. Is point. that all? He, he told all. me the other day he, he's taking bets as to who's going to get his 100th. Yeah. And, uh, I have one coming out pretty soon that oh. he wrote with me, and I'm trying to make it his 100th. We'll see what happens. Maybe you can time it maybe, up just right. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Well, you brought it up. You've got a new record that you've done, mm-hmm. and uh, two singles now from it? We've got two singles out. By the time you hear this, it'll be three. It'll be three? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and actually, the third one is the one that we're hoping will be Bill's 100th, so wow. we'll I see. I think the timing <laughs> might be pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So before we play this one, uh, I want to play your latest one. Okay. Uh, before we play it um, and get the story behind it um there's a lot of different philosophies on how to release today uh there are some people that are doing one a month one a week uh, you know record uh an ep of five or six and then just you know uh pepper them out throughout the year what's your philosophy on that you know i it's something i'm still playing with and seeing what works uh, mm-hmm. my last two albums which you know are on the older side one came out in 2015 one came out in 2018 mm-hmm. both of those i just released the whole album in one gamut okay um and, and I've come to learn that's not the way to do it these days. Yeah. Um, people like to have something to listen to and get to know and then have something new and exciting to listen to and get to know. So yeah. what I'm doing with this one is one a month. We're skipping December because it's the holidays, holidays. and people are going to listen to Christmas music, okay. which as they should. Okay. Um, and so we're we're releasing uh, September, October, November, and January. Okay. The first four singles. Then the rest of the album is going to come out in February. And then that kind of gives everybody a chance in my, in my mind to... Kind of listen to the music, get to know it. It's a it's very new music for me. It's my first country record. Prior to this, I only I only put out bluegrass music. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of introducing myself a little at a time, and then once they kind of really hooked in and loving it, I'm gonna give them the whole gamut. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good philosophy. That's what I did. In um, I put I, I think I did three singles, and then on uh, July. Uh, I remember the date. I think it was the, <laughs> it was definitely the 11th because I played the Bluebird that day. Ah. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll release the day I, I play the, the Bluebird. But now I think That's back awesome. and I go, it was just a six song EP. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe I should have just saved those and just, yeah, but uh, you know what? That's hindsight's 2020. You know, maybe there's the no right time. or wrong way to do it. I and the important is, right? part is that your music's out in the world for people to hear. Exactly. And I hate to brag, but I think I've got at least four downloads uh, worldwide. I you love know, it. So, yeah. No, it's more than that. But, uh, <laughs> so. but anyway, yeah. New, this, this, so, this new one, that now as of this recording. Right. Um, which uh, is um, right near the end of October now. Uh, Let Me Be Lonely is your present release. It is. Okay. Yes, sir. 
tell me about that and who you wrote it with and, and a little bit about the song. We'll play yeah. it. We'll play the, 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 the whole version right here. All right. Well, I wrote that with Carlin Mays. She's one of my dearest friends in Nashville, one of the first co-writers that I met uh, really? when I moved here. Mm. Uh, we met because she needed a banjo teacher. Oh, and we we were at some kind of songwriting event, and she mentioned that she wanted to learn to play the banjo, and I said, "Well, I teach the banjo," hmm. and so we started having banjo lessons. And one day, I said to her, "You know, we wrote, we met at a songwriting event, which tells me you're a songwriter." Mm. She said, "Yeah, I'm a songwriter," and I said, "Well, we should write together." So we started every week. We would have a banjo lesson, and then we'd write together, and uh, and that's been five years now of writing together every single wow. week. Wow. You've written a lot and, of songs. I've been we in have. five years, and she's the person that I trust with my most my most important songs. Mm. Um, this particular song I wrote after my friend Aaron passed away. He passed away. He was twenty eight years old. This oh a my god, twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. He. This was two years ago. He was twenty eight. He had um, uh, undiagnosed heart disease. Oh no! And passed away very unexpectedly. Uh, no. I was literally talking to him hours before he passed away. No. Um. And it was really, really hard for me. He was he was my best friend. I, I had known him friend. since I was 12 years old. He was in my band. We made music together. Oh. Uh, he, he was my prom date to the senior prom. Oh. Uh, so we really were very close. And after he passed, the Bluegrass community is a very close-knit community, which is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But the result was everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if Michelle's okay. And everybody's calling me and mm. calling me and calling me. And I just wanted them to leave me alone and let me cry Uh, (laughs) and uh and so i was talking to carlin and i said you know i've got this idea for a song let me be lonely i just wish people would leave me alone right now and i know that it comes from the goodness of their heart and i don't want to ask them to go away but i just need to be alone Mm. and like i said carlin's the person i trust with my deepest songs and she certainly did it justice and this is the song we came up with Michelle Canning, this is a Songwriter Connection podcast.
Michelle Canning, she's our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Let me be lonely. I get it. And I get where you're coming from when you wrote that song. And I think that's yeah. so important to hear the story behind the songs. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of gives you a new perspective of the song. And, it does. And I hope it's a song that people can relate to. I think yeah. you know, a lot of us have lost people that we love. And even since, right, I mean, it's been two years since I wrote this song, two years since Aaron passed. And, and mm. it, it's come back around, you know. Well, in the last month. I lost a dear songwriter friend, a brother from another mother. And again, it was pretty, pretty quick, a heart issue. And, Mm. uh, and so I know the feeling and you just got to take time to, to mourn and relax and, um, and, and relax is not the word mourn and, and deal with it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, because it's hard to imagine the world without that person, you know. It is. Two years later, it's still hard to imagine the yeah, world without him. And I'm sure. One of my biggest fears when he passed away was what's going to happen when I'm 50 years old. I've gotten married, had a family, lived all this life. Mm-hmm. And my last memory of him, he was 28. Mm. He's that's he's going to be a baby in my mind. Mm. I never thought of it that way. And and that, to this day, scares me. Wow. Wow. Mm. Powerful song, powerful record. Thank, Thank you, you. For, for sharing it. Thank you. Uh, the story with you. Now, you had a funny story about how your co-writer, Carly. Yeah. Uh, she plays piano, right? She does. She's a beautiful, amazing uh, piano player. She played piano on this. She uh, Basically, any song on the record that has piano on it, she played on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Christmas single that came out last year, she played on. Great piano player. And when we got the master back, I went to her house and I said, hey, you want to hear, hear the master for Let Me Be Lonely? And of course she did. And I started playing it for her, and, and there's actually video of this. If you go on my socials, it's on TikTok and okay. Facebook and Instagram, all the socials. There's a video that I took and posted where partway through the song, she looked at me and she said, who played piano? <laughs> and I said, you did. And she cracked up laughing and she said, I thought that kind of sounded like me. <laughs> did she just not remember she that? Just she just didn't remember. You wow. know, when we went in to record, she was pregnant. I didn't oh. know at that time that she was pregnant. So she was newly pregnant. Mm-hmm. So maybe like the pregnancy brain kind of, you know, she <laughs> yeah. just forgot. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> wow. She but was surprised to hear yes, that. Yes. She... There's, there's a great video of that on all the socials. M. Canning Music. Uh, Go on there. Find uh, yeah. it, the title of the video is The First Time My Co-Writer, co-writer Heard the Song Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those videos that go part one and then you can never find part two. Yeah, more, that's you know? right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. You know, your style. Um, I hate genres, right? And we always talk right. about it, but I think you came from that traditional background and I know you've thrown out bluegrass, but you know, you've had a lot of different mixtures of things that all come together to fi- form uh, the Michelle Canning uh, sound, which I yeah. think is is unique. And that's what I, I think is so important today. And Don't you? It really is important. Mm-hmm. And... and- I'm with you. I think a genreless world would be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, I grew up listening to very traditional bluegrass, traditional country, mm-hmm. uh, not much outside of that realm. Right. And then 
of all the things, my freshman year of college, I discovered doo-wop. Did you really? I sure did. And I fell in love with it. Did you? Okay. And I ended up um, recording Breaking Up is Hard to Do. Oh, Okay. As an up-tempo bluegrass song, you know, the old Neil Sedaka Neil song. Neil Sedaka, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called it Blue Up. Blue Up, I love it. Which is much better than Dewgrass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends who you talk to. Now, well, Willie, that's true. <laughs> Willie might disagree with you. <laughs> so I got, I got really into that. And then that kind of put me down this rabbit hole of old <laughs> pop music and just all these different styles that I just never really was around. And yeah. Well, the thing I love about this record is that it's yeah I'm, I'm releasing it as a country record, but it's not strictly country, and it's not strictly bluegrass, and it's not strictly pop. It's mm. a little bit, you know, my influences from all over kind of all mesh together, and the fact that I can have uh, most most of the songs have a banjo intro on a country record. Cool, like you don't hear Imagine that. that. You, you don't know? hear that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and and so the fact that I can kind of blend all those influences, and it's kind of my way of. Saying this is me. This I'm not bluegrass. I'm not it. country. This is me. I'm Michelle. Kenny. I'm Michelle. You are actually. <laughs> um, it's interesting, and I was, I was just thinking about uh, on a recent trip. Um, we listened. I I put on uh, pop country radio, mm-hmm. and uh, and and listened very intently because yeah. uh, I wanted to. You know, and I don't do that enough. I must admit, but I'm surprised how little traditional uh, instruments that we hear in today's we don't hear. In today's pop country sound. Sure. And there were songs where I just crank it up and I'd say to Patty, I go, my wife, what, what's country about that? What, what about that is, is, makes that a country song? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is sometimes some of the lyrics, because they're dealing with, sure. you know, stuff that happens out in the country and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and that life, I guess it's lifestyle lyrics, you know? It is for sure. And I think any style of music, it's going to evolve, it's going to change, and it's yeah. going to come back around. And I'm not know? saying it's a bad thing. I'm sure. Like, please don't. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, like, uh, we'll go through a period where there's no fiddle and banjo, and then we'll go through a period where it's all fiddle and banjo. And you know, yeah. things kind of come around. 90s country started making a comeback recently. It, it really has. And you think of the Dixie Chicks, man. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. Fiddle yeah. and banjo and, yeah. Absolutely. A matter yeah. of fact, I went to a Chicks concert. Did you? And I was listening to it, and I was like, ooh. Kind of sounds like my record. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Not that's... that I'm as good as the chicks, but uh, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, oh, that's that's like what I do. Wow. But um, were, were they a big influence for you? They were. Yeah. Growing up, I listened to them a lot, and I I don't know that I ever really I knew that there was a banjo player in the group, but I don't know that I ever really made the connection there of mm-hmm. like they are putting bluegrass elements in modern country music. Right. And I really didn't make the connection till I'd finished recording this album and then went to a Chicks concert. How about that? But I've always loved the Chicks. I've always listened to them, sung all their songs. You know, I I know the whole thing, so I just never put it I never put it you together. You had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a songwriter word for you today. When you're writing in a group of songs, in a group, right? So we got a co-writer. And I do this around the same dining room table a lot. Um, so, and you reach a point and you're kind of stuck. And all of a sudden I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, sometimes you just get out of the room in the second and sometimes a solution could hit you. So yeah. I call it an epiphany. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I invented that, but... I'll take credit There's for it. There's nothing better than a good epiphany. Epiphany, that's mm-hmm. right. And you come back, ah, there it is. Yep. And they look at you like, 
I don't love you. <laughs> what else you got? No, I'm just kidding. It's amazing how many times that happens. Isn't it? it really is. I think sometimes getting up, getting the juices flowing, you know, it helps. It, it helps a lot. Back away. Yeah, sure. sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. So, how about another song from you? Let's yeah, let's 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 do, uh, let's do some picking here today. I wish you'd have brought the banjo, but that's my bad. I should have told you. Bring your bring your banjo. <laughs> All good. <laughs> well, I'll do a song um, that I wrote with Bill O'Hanlon and Greg Wilson. Oh, two of my favorite and, writers. Uh, this song mm-hmm. is going to be coming out the end of January. You're going to release this. I'm going to release this, and it's going to come out with a music video. My first ever music video. He's already shot. Did you? It's do already it shot. Yeah, awesome. it's not. It's almost finished editing. We've got just a few tweaks to do on it, but wow. But uh, first time I've ever filmed a music video, and I had so much fun doing it. Now. Tell me, is this, tell me the name of the song. This is not quite mine yet. Not quite mine yet. Okay. It's not what you were thinking it was Not the be. one I was thinking about. No. Nope. Okay. Um, you guys write but, a lot, uh, don't you? We do. We, we write, we try to write every other week. We don't always get there, but we try. I like this and, song, though. Uh, I've heard you do this song. And thank I like you. It. So, this is the song about my love. The life. idea first and how you wrote it? The idea first. Well, uh, I don't know that there's much idea besides my love life. Um... <laughs> Which is spectacular, right? Guys oh, yes. at the door all the time. Every day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just turning them all down. It's just such a such a hard life to live. It's a curse being this good looking. You know what I mean? See, people think it's easy life, but it's it's not, right? It's not. You but, have to deal with it. You know? But no, in all seriousness, I, I don't remember whose idea it was, mm-hmm. um, but we just, we got together and somebody threw out this idea and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. And the more we wrote, the funnier it got in our brains, and we might have been a little slap happy, but that's okay. Hey, that helps sometimes. And, uh, and, and now that's, that's the way I always intro this song on stage, is here's a song about my love life. Oh, there you go. See that boy on the tailgate of his truck over there? Yeah, the one with the big blue eyes and the bleach blonde hair He'll be the father of my children, the man of my dreams Now all I gotta do is get him to notice me I don't even know his name, but my heart's already gone up in flames. I can see he clearly got it all laid out in my head There's only one problem He's not quite mine yet We'll come home every evening after a hard day at work We'll make dinner together then kiss on the couch for dessert Take the dogs for a walk then he'll rub my feet Yeah, boys head over heels for me Guess I ought to meet him for a name the kids. Well, I don't even know his name, but my heart's already gone up in flames. I can see it clearly, got it all laid out in my head. 
the cart before the horse a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a clever song. Michelle Canning Thank is you. our guest. We're going to take a little break. Come right back. Talk more. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. Along with Michelle Canning today, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. She's such a wonderful personality and she's just a really cool person. Well, thank you. You know what? I love writing with you. Uh, We've written a a few songs. We have, yeah. And what I love is, is, uh, you know what? Here's a little something that you may know as a songwriter already. If you do co-writes, sometimes you just do a lot of co-staring and... And it doesn't quite work, and you work on it, and you work on it, and you put it away, and you Mm -hmm. hope to get back to it. But it's every time we get together, we seem to come up with something and finish it. Yeah, 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 we're good about that. That, That's a good sign that you and I are are good writers for for one another. I do enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Bill O'Hanlon, Greg Greg Wilson, too, who you mentioned, um, really good at completing songs. They are, uh, yeah. Bill's Bill's a stickler about completing a song. He doesn't like to let one go unfinished. He does I was so lucky when I first moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. I moved into this house. I knew the landlady, but I didn't know anyone who lived there. Uh And I showed up. And who was my roommate? But none other than Bill O'Hanlon. <laughs> and he has taught me so much. He has elevated my songwriting in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so lucky to have had the opportunity. If I hadn't lived with Bill, I don't know that my writing would be where it is today. Because he really has taught me so much. And I've learned a boatload from writing with him. And, and we've teamed up and you know, we're, we've always got little side projects going that we're trying to write for this one or that one or, mm-hmm. you know. and Yeah, and you do a lot of sync writing, don't you? We do mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Bill does more sync writing than I do. But 
I love a good Christmas song. Oh. So Bill and I and Lucy LeBlanc, we have a little group. I've heard group. that name a few times. We have a little group called the Jingle Elves because we all have two the L's Jingle in our name. Jingle Elves. I love it. And the Jingle Elves, we write exclusively Christmas. Oh. The reason being that they can pitch it for sync and I can use it for country. Oh, I got you. And it works either way because it's a Christmas song. Christmas doesn't have a genre. Well, there you go. <laughs> I guess it's kind of its own genre, like I've been saying. Yeah. It should have, be your own genre. That's awesome. Well, that's yeah. a great idea. Uh, we love doing it, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's still talk a little bit about uh, the Recording Academy that uh, that you work for. How'd you get involved with that? Those are the guys that hand off the, the grand. Yeah, right? I yeah. got involved with that through Darren Vincent of uh-huh. uh, Daily and Vincent. Daily and, and Vincent? Uh, yeah. You know those guys. Yeah, I've I've known Darren for a long time, um, and Rhonda, his sister, Rhonda Vincent, even Rhonda longer. Vincent. Yeah, and uh, I met them at uh, their family's bluegrass festival out in Greentop, Missouri. Wow! Um, when I was in middle school, Rhonda Vincent was and still is my hero. Issue. And about I, time we got her in the Opry, wasn't it? I yeah, know. Tell me know, about it. Finally. And um, now, if we can get Jeannie Seely into the Country Music Hall of Fame, we'll be yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to be Jeannie Seely for Halloween tomorrow. Are you really? I sure am. Oh, Anyways, awesome. I'm getting off topic. Yes, me I too. have a very. I got you. I got I'm a tendency to squirrel. do that. <laughs> squirrel train. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, so I've known them since I was a little girl, and and where was I going? Oh, so in middle school, I was just totally. Rhonda Vincent obsessed. Every, I, I'd come home every day after school and put her little video in the DVD player and watch it. That was just my thing. Mm. And uh, for my eighth grade graduation, my parents wrapped up a picture of Rhonda Vincent with a little sticky note speak bubble. <laughs> and it said, hey, Michelle, would you like to meet me in Missouri this summer? Ooh. And they brought me to her family's festival in Missouri. Wow, how about that? And I not only met her, but she invited me to perform on stage with her. No kidding. And I was on and you're cloud old? nine. I was uh, 13. 13. I years. was on cloud nine for wow. uh, just, I mean, years. I think I still am. <laughs> and uh, how about that? So, anyway, so I met her. I met Darren there and some others as well. And then. Um, Darren, of course, is a member of the Opry, as is Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And I started working at the Grand Ole Opry about five years ago. I was just going to say, you work and at the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. What's that like? Do you love it? Oh, my gosh. I love every minute of it. It's okay. such a cool place to be. And and where I was going with that is, you know, sometimes I'm backstage with the artists. And, you mm-hmm. know, we, we're not supposed to, you know. Fraternize. Right. right. Yeah. Unless they we, talk to you. We, we can't be germy, you yeah. know. Yeah. But, right. but. Part of my job is I walk some of the artists from their dressing room to what we call the circle room. And mm-hmm. Darren is one of the artists that I often walk. So one day I'm walking Darren to the circle room and we're just chatting. And he said, are you a member of the Recording Academy? And I said, no. And he said, you should be. I'm going to nominate you. Huh. Next thing you know, like a week later, I get a thing in my inbox. You've been nominated to be a member of the Record- Recording Academy. If you want to do it, fill out these forms. So I filled out the forms and boom. Why not? Here I am, a member of the Recording Academy. So what do you do as a member of the Recording Academy? Not a whole lot. I vote no. for, I vote for the Grammys. You vote for the Grammys. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're the one. <laughs> Can your vote fault. be bought? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's, it's a pretty cool organization yeah. to be a part of. They have a lot of um, opportunities for their members. They have, you know, workshops and oh, networking opportunities and they have... Um, 
programs for people who maybe are musicians and need health care and things like that. Oh, they have, that they have a lot of opportunities, and I for think sure. that's just great work there. Yeah, that, that's absolutely. Awesome. So uh, the Opry, uh, do you, when you when you walk in there, even mm-hmm. as to work, like I worked at the Ryman for a while, and uh, and it never got old. I'd walk yeah. into the Ryman and just smell the air, and mm-hmm. I could just feel the greatness around me. Do you get that same feeling walking into... I really do, especially yeah. when I walk into the auditorium and I see the circle in the middle of the stage oh. or, or walk a tour group across the stage and my feet walk right across that circle and oh, yeah. I can feel yeah. the energy of the artist just seeping up through that wood into my into the soles of my shoes. I know it sounds funny, but you can. You really can. And, and if you if listening, maybe you don't know this, but that circle was was carved out of the original Ryman stage, mm-hmm. the old mother church of country where the, where that was before the, the new Opry house. They, they, they were at Ryman auditorium. Right. And, um, and that is hollowed ground. Right it there. really is. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, people like Hank Williams, yeah. Brad, Brad Paisley said that the dust from Hank Williams boots is still in that <laughs> circle of wood. How amazing is that? I wouldn't doubt it. Makes either. you never want to wash your shoes again. <laughs> <It doesn't. laughs> you might wash away Hank. <laughs> I know that sometimes on the tour at Ryman, we would walk people across the stage. Is that mm-hmm. part of the tour this year uh, it, at the Opry House? It is, as long as we have the stage available, which yeah. most of the time Not we always do. you do, because right. they're setting up a show mm-hmm. or something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So people can actually walk into the circle sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? Isn't mm-hmm. that awesome? Now, what do you do there? You're, you're uh, like a uh, lead? I am a supervisor over the tour guides. Okay. Uh, so I started as a part-time tour guide. See, I'd have been working for you. <laughs> I know. Been. Yeah. I've been trying to get... Listen, we've got openings. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I could fit it. I loved working at Ryman Auditorium. Oh, yeah. I was, I was probably one of the... The best, uh, it, 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 right up there is one of the best jobs I ever had. For sure. Uh, and For they sure. just treated you so well. Yeah. And, and I love meeting new people and telling the stories behind oh my gosh. those wonderful stars that grace that stage. It's so wonderful when you have a guest come in and you know that they love you know XYZ star and you've got a story about that yeah. person don't you love that and yeah. to see their faces light up or to show them you know we have Carrie Underwood's shoes backstage and <laughs> you find a big Carrie Underwood fan and you're like here I'm going to show you something special and you bring her and show her Carrie's shoes and <laughs> you know just to, to make somebody feel so good oh yeah it's just, that's the most rewarding part of the job I, 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 I have to agree with you that's mm-hmm. that is the most rewarding part. it really is yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. I can tell you enjoy it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. How about we enjoy another song from you? Sure. Let's you do know, it. I want to uh, talk about one in particular. Um, Is it one that's going to make you cry? Well, that one there. Yeah. And I think you know the one I'm talking about. Um, but I'm, and the reason why I bring it up is because it's come up on this podcast a couple of times. Ah. Uh, we've had Steve Block on the show. Um, we're going to get Greg Wilson's story on this song. But it's a song that's been pitched around a lot here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and um, the fact, the first time I ever, well, I, I knew Steve, but uh, we went to dinner one night and uh, first words out of his mouth were, have you heard this song? Blah, blah. And I go, <laughs> have I heard it? That song is, they're going to, people are going to be fighting over that song. Oh, thank you. I just signed that song. I'm, gonna, I'm like, well, good, <laughs> get it cut because it deserves to be. Yeah. You know? And it was you and Craig, Greg and, um, and Bill, and Bill O'Hanlon. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you were going to play now that I set it up? It is. Yeah. <laughs> that worked out nicely, didn't it? <laughs> See, I have a way of stepping into it all the time. You I know, love I ask it. people to play a song and they go, I can't play that one because I wasn't ready. <laughs> you know, cause I'm you know, always ready. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you do these rounds, I, I like to prepare. I like to, you know, know what songs I'm going to play, practice them a few times, and then sure. you get up on stage and just play this one, and you go, I didn't practice 
that one? <laughs> you know, so. No, I gotcha. Tell the story from your point of view. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so this song came from the brainchild of Greg Wilson. Was it? Okay. And I would really love to just have his brain for a day. Yeah, I would too. Because he is the most brilliant songwriter I think I know. Yeah, I have to agree. And the thing that, and Bill and I, Bill and Greg and I were talking about this. Actually, last night, we had a co-write last night. We were talking about this. Really? When we write a song that we know from the beginning where it's going to go, mm-hmm. it comes out okay. But when we take this random title that we can't quite figure out how to make it work, the three of us fall in love with it. Wow. And we get really into it. And that's when we get our best songs. Wow. And that is a really good point. It is. And uh, I joke around with Bill. We wrote a song called Textual Chemistry. <laughs> and it's the, it's the only weird song we've ever written that Bill doesn't <laughs> like. So I'm always, I'm always joshing him about it. But it's, it's those titles that you just don't know what to do with. Right. That, and that, you explore all the possibilities. Yeah. Right? Going to the nicks and crannies. And right. Just, is this working? Is that, what exactly. if we did this? Could it be about this? Mm-hmm. I, you're right. And, I, and you know, that it's lights funny. me up as a writer. Sometimes I'll leave a co-write and I talk on the phone with my mom every night. She's up in Massachusetts and we'll talk on mm-hmm. the phone. And and sometimes I'll leave a write and I'll call her and she'll say, you know, what'd you write about? And I'll tell her. And she'll say, well, whose idea was that? And I'll say, it was mine or it was so-and-so's. Mm-hmm. But every time I write with Bill and Greg and we get this great song, she'll say, whose idea was that? And I'll say, well... I don't know. It kind of started as Greg's idea, but then Bill had a different angle on it. And then I kind of twisted Bill's angle a little bit. And then that caused us to change the title of the hook. <laughs> and, and the really honest answer is it was all of our all idea. of ideas. Wow. And, uh, and this was one of those instances where uh, Greg came in. The, the title of the song is Wake Up Call. Mm-hmm. Greg came in with the idea Wake Up Call. And he said, you know, I was thinking we could do something where, like, you know, uh, a, a literal wake up call at two in the morning, but then like a figurative wake up call, and we we're like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. And we started talking about ideas, and I was pretty adamant that somebody had to die. They were pretty adamant that nobody had to die. In the end, somebody died. Um, <laughs> well, we kind of leave it amb- ambiguous. We don't know if anyone died, but anyways, that's irrelevant. But we just kind of all started talking and talking and talking, and we spent probably three hours that night getting like a chorus <laughs> really and then we got together again and again and again and it was just so worth the amount of time that we put into this song not not all songs will start with a chorus when when you start the writing right. process right but you chose this time to to nail that chorus down first i don't know if we chose it or if that's just how it happened just how it happened yeah okay and and to be honest i don't remember was it a chorus was it a verse but but yeah. i mean with that three hours, we didn't get even close to a full song is kind of where I was right. going with that. Okay. Um, and eventually it would become the chorus. Right. Gotcha. And, uh, See, that's important to me as a songwriter. Yeah. That's why we do the nuts and bolts. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, and we just, we worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. And then um, we got it real close, but it wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. And Bill and I were going to Muscle Shoals, Alabama for the Muscle Shoals Songwriting Festival. Yeah. And we rented a little Airbnb. It was me and Bill and Steve Block and uh, George. I don't know George's last name, but he's not really relevant to the story. Okay. Um, so, uh, so Bill and I, we played it over and over and over. If we weren't at the festival, we were at the house working on this song. Wow. And for three days straight. 
Wow. And Greg would send it to send us a version, and we would work on it, work on it, and tweak it and send it back to him. And he'd work on it and tweak it and send it back to us just in time for, you know, for us to get out of our workshops that day and come home and work on it some more. Wow. I don't think I've ever spent so much time together all at one time on a song. I mean, one single song. All yeah. weekend. We, we skipped some of the festival to work on this song. Wow. And toward the end of the week, uh, we said to Steve, hey, can we play the song we've been working on? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, sure. We played it for him and he just started crying. Did he really? And that's when we knew this is the, this is the one. Wow. And, and not to say we didn't tweak it more after that, but that was when you we did. decided this was the the, yeah. the closest to the version we were going to end up with wow. at that point. And, uh, wow. So, yeah. Well, let's it's, hear it. All right. It's a powerful song. My phone rang at 2 a.m. from a number I didn't recognize. When it rang again, I answered it, and a little voice just said hi. He said, I didn't know your number, so I just took a guess. Cause the man on the TV said, you can always call on Jesus. Well, that caught me by surprise, and I sat up in my bed. He thought heaven was on the other end So I just listened when he said Jesus, I'm so scared And I'm so glad you're there I've been holding on to my teddy bear I've been saying all my prayers He said I keep shaking mama but she won't wake up at all And I knew that you would help us Cause you're the man up on the cross There's an empty bottle by her head And some red pills on the floor He said I've been eating Captain Crunch But there isn't any more as his little voice was trembling, my heart was breaking inside. I didn't know what else to do, so I spoke like Jesus was on the line. I said, I know that you're scared, but buddy, I'm right here. Keep holding on to your teddy bear. I heard every prayer. Everything's gonna be okay Don't you worry at all I'm sending someone to help you But until then, let's just talk Well, I copied down his number My wife called 911 tears And when he heard them knocking on his door he said, Jesus, I think your angels are here. And I hit my knees. Jesus, I've been living scared. Like I didn't have a prayer. It's been a while since I've talked to you. Almost forgot that you were there. 
Joe Canning, our guest. That is a powerful song. Thank you very much. You know, um, I remember the first time I heard it when 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 he said, "Jesus, your angels are here." That's when I busted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's it's it's a story. gut punch line, and my favorite line of the song, and this was Bill's brainchild, was, "I've been eating Captain Crunch, but there isn't, there isn't any more." That just when when Bill. That's Type that in. The, we had a Google Doc going, you know, where we could all see each other typing, and right. yeah, we were all trying to come up with the rhyme. And I just saw Bill's cursor type those words, and it just before I even heard him sing it, it just mm-hmm. hit me. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So no, you never really said whether she lives or dies. And I we think never that's did great. say. Yeah, I hate killing people in songs, even fictional people. You know, I grew up in bluegrass, so I love killing people <laughs> in songs. <laughs> a little different in bluegrass, isn't it? Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a dear friend and co-writer who just wanted to kill everybody. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Every song. Well, what if they died? <laughs> you know, what if funny. they didn't? Do you know the Joe Giffey song, uh, A Night to Remember? Yes. Okay, so that song, it's very ambigu- ambiguous about you know that she's gone, but you don't know why. Yeah. And the way I always heard it was that she died. Mm-hmm. And the way my mother always heard it was that they were in a relationship and she left him. Oh, Okay. Well, and we argued about it for years. So one day I had the opportunity to meet Joe Diffie mm-hmm. with my mom. Yeah. And I thought, this is our opportunity to this find out it. the truth. Yeah. And that poor man probably thought he met the weirdest woman of his life. <laughs> because I walked up to him and I, you know, I said, oh, I really like your music. It's nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. And I said, um, the song A Night to Remember, did she leave him or did she die? And he said, well, it could go either way, but I always sang it like she died. And mm-hmm. I turned around and I started jumping up and down and looked at my mom and went, she died, she died. <laughs> <laughs> and I can guarantee you, he went home He's that like, night what? and said, said to his wife, well, honey, I met this girl today. <laughs> Shut <Jumping> out. <laughs> That's hilarious. My goodness. But wow. I was just so excited that I interpreted it right. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. Wow. It's incredible. <laughs> I was thinking about, was it the Billy Curtin song is what brings you to Mohio? Oh, song yeah. And it sounds like he's Mohio in this song. And, and everybody's like, what, what's Mohio? And it was just the way he sang it. Uh-huh. Right? They eventually went back in the studio and changed it. And if you hear the newer versions today, it's clearly Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What was that song? That was the one about the guy in the bar that leaves him all his money, right? Right. Yeah. 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 I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a good song. It was a good song. <laughs> but so is the wake up call. Oh, well, thank you. And it breaks some rules. And I always say, you know, don't be afraid to break rules, but know the yeah. rules. You should know right. the rules. Sure. You know, when you have a hook, uh, sometimes it's really good to, um, you know, repeat that hook a few times. Mm-hmm. And usually uh, it comes in the chorus and it's, you know, it could be boxed. It could be the 
start of the chorus, the end of the chorus. Right. Um, or it could be the last thing in the chorus, which is so powerful if you do it right and you pull that rug right out like a good joke. You know, you set right. it up and then boom, and you hit him with that line. Uh, the wake up call doesn't come to the very end of the yeah. show. Yeah. And it didn't always. Uh, originally, even though the chorus changed every time, mm-hmm. every chorus ended with God, I woke up when I got that wake, wake up, up call. call. Yeah. And when we played it for Steve, he said, you know, that might hit home a little harder if you save it till the very end. And we were like, can you do that? <laughs> it's against the rules, it's right? It's against the rules, but you know, rules are made to be broken. And so we tried it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were iffy on it at first, and then after a while, we started finding that actually we really liked that. Good. And um, yeah. Now the other rule, mm-hmm. uh, it's it sometimes in, again they, they say, don't change the chorus. Yeah. Keep the chorus the same throughout because, mm-hmm. because the whole idea was people hear it the first time and it's real memorable and it's singable, and the second time it comes on, they start to sing, and by the third time you do that chorus, they're all singing along with you. Right. But see, this isn't that kind of song, is it? No, it's not, and to be honest, I don't even remember when we made that decision to, to not have the same chorus. I don't know if it was from the beginning or if at some point we were like, well, this chorus doesn't work anymore. No, yeah, well, no, and but, I could, it, it, it progresses the story along. It does, yeah. It's the kind of song that it's really less about being a song and more about a story with a lesson. It, it is a story. It, it definitely is. And I think we need more story songs in, in I love uh, a good story song. In music. Today. And and I envy people who are great storytellers, great oh, story songwriters. Yeah, I would just I do too. That's yeah. that's my dream. You know, if uh, Bobby Gentry I, I was fancy. just thinking I was just thinking fancy up oh, to Billy Joel. Yeah. I mean, you know both of those are amazing a matter of fact, both of them are in my I have a playlist called Songs I Wish I Wrote. Oh boy. And both of those songs are in that playlist. Both of them. And Fancy to me is is and always will be my number one favorite song because, I mean, she made a prostitute look good. <laughs> she did. <laughs> you know? And then Reba did too. And then Reba did it too. And, and I just, wow. that song is such amazing storytelling. You know, and that that's, is, that's what I strive for. And, and that is a good point. You know, we always talk about finding a way. Um, that's, you're right. The story about a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Right? And they twisted it to make it. It, it, she became a heroine in that, really. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what an interesting idea to write a song and say we're going to take something that seems really bad and taboo, and we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to legitimize it. And you know? and to have that mindset, of, I mean, if I had never heard that song before, and I decided I'm going to write a song about a prostitute, mm-hmm. it'd be a song about a prostitute. <laughs> you know, yeah. it'd be exactly what you expect it to be. Right. But for her to have that mindset to to I mean, the way I picture it, and I don't know how she wrote the song. I've never heard any interviews with her or anything, and I would love to. But yeah, me too. the way that I picture it is that she was driving down the street, and there was a prostitute on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And she thought, I wonder how she got there. Yeah. And then she made up a story of how she got there. That's something. Mm-hmm. And then she got her out of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, did. how amazing is that? That's the power of a song. It right really is. And I just... It's got me thinking like now I see people and I'm like, I wonder how they got there. And then I don't write fancy or anything close to it, but I try, you know, <laughs> and I think I'm always going to be striving for that. Fancy is my goal. I'm always going to be striving for that you. song. And you'll kill him in the song and you'll say, I see dead people. That's right. <laughs> that was a real stretch. I'm sorry. Um, but wow. Yeah. 
Good points. All good points. And that song, I'm telling you, that song deserves to be cut. And I, and I still believe in my heart that there, there are people fighting over that. I right hope now. so one day. That should be on the radio. It's one of those Thank drive you. off the road songs <laughs> when you hear them. So, Thank you know, you. yeah, that's uh, one of the most amazing songs I've heard in this town in Thank a long, Thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You guys are a great team. So. Well, thank you. Um, and I just love getting to know you a little bit better. Me too. Yeah, man, you've been wonderful as oh, a guest. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I hope you'll do one more song for us to yeah, take us out. absolutely. Oh, but before we go, tell us where we can find you online and everything and yes. hear your music. Well, it's available everywhere except in stores, I suppose. At least. That, that's <laughs> right. Least. That's right. It is, it is available anywhere where you get your music except Walmart. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, YouTube, all the things. Um, Michelle with two L's. Michelle with two L's. Canning like a canning jar, not like a boom boom cannon. Okay. And uh, I'm on all the socials, M Canning Music. Okay. And on my website, michellecanning.net. Awesome. And, uh, and if you do want a physical CD, if you're old-fashioned like me, that will be out in February. Awesome. And you can order that right on the website. Put me down for one, but you got to sign it for me. You got it. All right. <laughs> what you taking us out with? Let's see. I'll take you out with one that's uh, another one that I wrote with, with Carlin Mays. And yeah. uh, this is called Tipsy. All right. If it looks like I'm blushing, it's just the rosy. And if I keep smiling at you, it's cause I don't know what to say. The ghosts of my past keep my expectations low, so here we go. I think it's kind of cute that you were so persistent, but don't think this is going anywhere. Cause it isn't, I don't have time to get lost in your French wine fantasy. We can dance, but don't you dare sweep me off my feet. Not drunk on your love, but a lick kiss me. Cause I'm a little bit tipsy. I've been staying single, trying to get to know myself. But something about you made me pull these heels down from the shelf. So I'm taking a chance, but I'm taking it slow. Just so you know, I don't have time to get lost in your French wine fantasy. We can dance, but don't you dare sweep me off my feet. I'm not drunk on your love, but a lick kiss me. We can dance, but don't you dare sweep me off my feet. I'm not drunk on your love, but I'll let you kiss me. Cause I'm a little bit tipsy. Yeah, I'm a little bit tipsy. I'm a little bit tipsy. Beautiful, that's uh, Michelle Canning. A little bit tipsy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> if you're writing about me, it'll be a little bit ditzy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Love it. Write that one down. No. You got it. <laughs> me and you will write it. <laughs> Sounds good. Michelle Canning's been our guest. Thanks for joining us on the Songwriter Thank Connection. Thank you for having me, Dave. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. 
Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.